This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You know, these may not be the end days, but they'll certainly do until the end days get here. I will say this, man. I am very amazed that you decided to, you know, let, and I hate to bring this up again, but I have to. I go dead weight from the old show and do this show instead. It's a lot better now. It, it's it's miles ahead of what it was before. We've only just begun. Is this a human talking? Because you sound like a robot. I am. I'm kind of like a robot. I, I'm not. I wouldn't be mad if you sounded like a robot. I would think that was incredible. Uh, I can go for over a thousand dollars a pound. That's you was really being ripped off. I can get you that much. Just well, it it, it it not necessarily. Welcome to a brand new life, to a brand new day, all the way from the wastelands of California. I am Michael. I am the host and producer of this program. I look forward to once again serve you those sounds of salvation. Here we are again on a Saturday night. I'm a little late. I know. Sometimes things don't work out the way you want them to. Technology does not like me tonight. You can catch us here at 7.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, live on the TuneIn Radio app, Search End of Days. First-time listeners, turn on, tune in, and drop out. This is a different kind of show, place where we don't feel so alone. Let us chase away the light no matter what you at home choose to believe. I do admire you for your curiosity. It's one of those nights again, filled with discussion about ancient aliens... UFOs, human origins, the soul. Was there alien visitation during biblical times? Was our DNA manipulated? Who and what are these visitors from the sky? What do they want? So much more ahead tonight. And of course, you can call in any time you want. This is a call-in show. That number is 760-332-8947. I will be just using that only number tonight, 760-332-8947. That's the number. Go ahead and give me a call whenever you're ready. We will be joined by two very special guests tonight, Dr. Sasha Lesson and Janet Kyra Lesson. They have both appeared on the program before. I'm extremely happy to bring them back on. Of course, Sasha... He is, of course, the producer of the hugely popular website, InkySpeaks.com. He studied with the late Zachariah Sitchin for many, many years. He is the author of Anunnaki, Gods No More, Anunnaki Legacy of the Gods. That came, came out back in 2014 for those who are curious. 
Oh, yeah. I do apologize, by the way, for running a little late here. It's terrible, right? No one likes that. Looking at the chat room now, I'm sorry for all of those out there. Yep, it's one of those nights where anything can happen. Usually anything does happen here on this program. And, of course, Nigel Kerner joins us here. He is our second guest. That is, of course, after the break. Pretty happy to bring him on. He offers an insight into great alien beings that is pretty, pretty original. Never really, never really, um, I guess you can say, pondered about some of the things he talks about. So I'm glad he will be joining me here tonight. So once again, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds on a night like this. No Skype calling, is that... No, you can call in through Skype if, if that's what you want to do. It's totally cool. Someone's calling in right now. Caller, you are live on the air. How you doing? Fine, how are you? I can't complain. Doing great. Is it cold enough for you outside? What was that? I'm, I'm having a little bit of a difficulty hearing you there. Can you hear me now? Yes, much better. Are you like in a bathroom or something? I am. Actually, I'm at work. Oh, at work. I do admire your your um, tenacity to call in there. Yes. I was invited by one of my friends. Oh, you're Sherry. Sherry, yes. That's Sherry it is. Oh, my goodness. What did she say? Hopefully, hopefully nothing good. <laughs> my blood, though, right? Oh, oh, you're the caller. <laughs> yes, I am. Oh, my goodness. It seems like gold has fallen from the sky here, folks. Um, if, yes, it, yes. It's amazing. Really? Can you get, you know what? Let's backtrack a little bit. When, let, let's, um, first of all, you're a coworker of hers, right? Yes. Okay. I won't reveal where you work because I do know where, where you're at right now. Never, you know. Okay. <laughs> yes. So you, mm hmm. So what what exactly did Sherry say to you? That you just wanted me to just go live and talk about my blow-up dog experience. Ah, yes, the blow-up dog experience. Go ahead. The floor is yours. My goodness. It, it was amazing. I'll do it again and again and again. It's, a, it's that good? No, actually, you need, to try, you, need, you need to try it out there. Really? Yes. You know, there's a whole new line of, of these kind of products being released in the next coming months here, so you you probably want to update that doll of yours. Well, I, I, I don't know his and his name is Tyrone. Tyrone. And his is great. And it's great. You hear that, folks? <laughs> it's great. It, it is. It, oh, it's my. Awesome. Oh, my goodness. I didn't want to stop. And you don't want to stop. You, you've become addicted to this. Yes, that, and that's a good thing. Well, that's, yeah. That's true. You could do whatever you want to do. Yes, it's very, very, very good. My goodness. Can you describe exactly what, um, doll this is exactly? What type and model this is? He is Tyrone. He is your ultimate sex, sexual chocolate blow doll. Sexual chocolate. There we go. He has nice abs. And a nice powwow, of course. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Yes, and I also heard another little rumor about someone finding out about your doll. Is that true? Oh, my God. Yes, okay, yes. <laughs> oh, my. Okay, I kind of got in trouble for it, but it's okay. Don't worry, I get in trouble all the time. I, I, we're gonna, we, we're, I don't want to talk about that part. We could, I enjoy it. <laughs> we could talk about all the parts. If that's the case, he, he might need to have a threesome with me, huh? Oh, my God. You never know. You oh, could, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, that's going to be an invite. I'm yes. going to ask him that when I get home in the morning. You could try to convince him. <laughs> was he upset, by the way? Mm, I think he was going to feel a little bit, maybe, but I don't care. Wow. It doesn't matter. That's truly something else. You know, did Tyrone is very, very pleasurable. <laughs> yes, Tyrone. <laughs> so and, and, and for the rest, I can't curse on here, right? No, you you could you can. You could say whatever you want, it's fine. Oh for the rest, I did fuck the shit out of him too. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like a spider monkey, huh? Yes. No, well then like actually I wish he had a butt because I was Jane, he could have been Tarzan. Jesus. Because I was a lot of moaning and groaning. Wow. 
this doll that you have, is it one of those motorized ones or, you know, one of those that you have to manually enjoy yourself? Yeah, man, you just marry and insert yourself. I mean, you just climb on it and just do your thing. You know, I'm gonna, did Sherry tell you that I'm going to be probably interviewing um, some sort of media representative of this elaborate doll they have? Hopefully that comes through, and um, perhaps you might need to get one of these updated models. Oh, wow. Then I might fall in love with it. You might. You might fall in love with it. No more arguing. No more hearing him tell you to wash the dishes. It's all done. And I can just have whenever I want to. I don't care if it's 10, 20 times a day. Word. He can't, he can't tell me no. He can't say no. That's right. And and you don't have to share the remote. And by the way, I give the daughter a big power from another one of my coworkers. I'm not going to say her name, but she knows who she is. Oh, no. Is she listening? Yeah, she's listening. Oh my goodness! Well, hey girl. Hey girl. Yes. <laughs> I love. I, I know. Actually, the powwow is good on the uh on my little dog. But by the way, you have a very, very I, I guess you could say very cool staff there. Oh yes, I love my. I love them. I love them. They all seem great. If you could have these kind of conversations amongst yourselves, uh, yes. it, it's pretty incredible. Well, have you have you ever tried to blow up doll? Have I ever tried to blow up doll? Yes. No, I can't say that I have. Well, you need to try it. It's fun. I need to try it. Yes, you're gonna like it. I'm gonna like it. Well, you know, we are both adults here, and it's a little silly nowadays that men can have these sort of elaborate toys like women can have. Yes. You know, most men it's sort of frowned upon if you have some sort of doll. That's a little weird, don't you think? No, not to me. Not to well, you. The thing is, the way the way I'm set up, you can have yours, I can have mine, because this all have a goddamn fucking orgy. That's right, but I'm not saying I think you're weird. I'm just saying people would consider me weird if if they knew I was sleeping I with some sort of doll. Of course, but that's that, I'm just saying that's the conception now. Yes, yes, I got you. Mm hmm. I don't think you're weird. I I just think you're exploring a side of yourself that. I think maybe needs a little bit of exploring. I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. Thank you. I agree. Yeah, you know, you're just having fun. You're not killing anyone. You're not see, cheating on anyone. You're, that's right. <laughs> you're not causing any trouble. That's it. That's a good thing. I mean, perhaps more people need to maybe invest in a sex doll. Yes, they are, they, I guarantee they would be satisfied. They probably would. I'm not going to argue about that. At least I know I was, because I had fun riding my dog. <laughs> Does anyone else know about your your love for dolls? Just me, just me and my coworker. Just you and your coworkers. You just let it all hang out. Yes, I, yes, I don't. They ask me, and I just tell them. I can, I'll, I'll even demonstrate, and make a video so they can see it. Damn, a video. Yes. Well, hopefully it's not uh, it's not an uncensored video because you might get thrown off of YouTube if that's where you upload it. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna show the video to my old coworker. My goodness, well, that that's pretty intense. <laughs> so only your coworkers know. Your your no other family members, anyone else close to you know that this is going on because I would have to say where where would someone stash something like that. Well, actually, I, I let the air out of them and I put them back under my dresser. Oh, under the dresser. Mm-hmm. My own little secret pocket plate. Oh, shit. So when I'm going, I can just pull them out my and do goodness. what I got to do. You do what you got to do. That's very true. Actually, and then I'm going to, I'm thinking about buying him some clothes. I think he's going to be sexy with some a hat on, with some cute little uh, brief. That'll turn me on also. <laughs> <laughs> you know, want to you want to hear something pretty random? Yes. You know, I'm just looking at different messages here. People are sending me all these uh, dollar signs and different different avenues here, telling me that if I'm going to start selling sex dolls here, different little messages are going around. And um, someone randomly said if I was going to start uh, stripping, and I thought me stripping, what what the hell? Where did that come from? And I thought, well, you know, um, one of my cousins is actually a stripper. He works at Chippendales. Mm-hmm. He actually tried to convince me to do that one day, and I thought, are you high? <laughs> so are you going to do it? 
No, of course not. I would never do something like that. That's that's a little extreme. I mean, I might bang, I might bang the, the doll though. I might bang the sex doll though. That that might be something that might happen. I might review one. You never know. I guess you would you would like it. I would like. Oh my goodness. So you would definitely no, you would definitely like it on a scale from one to ten. I rate it a twenty. It would be a twenty. Oh my goodness. Well, this is the first time I've ever talked to anyone who's actually experienced a, a sex doll, so this is remarkable. Wow. Yeah, usually, really? no, yeah, you don't really talk to too many people who are that open. Oh, I'll, I'll be, I'm, I'm very open. You know, I, I actually saw this really strange convention of, of these pretty big, overweight gentlemen, these older set, older heavy set gentlemen who were going to these, I guess these, um, I think they're like expos and, they are parading around with, with their sex dolls and it's kind of weird because they dress them up and they go around with them and it's a little strange. No, see, that's what I'm going to do. I'm sorry, I'm not going to go around with it, but I'm going to dress it up for my own fantasy. For your own fantasy? Yes, I'm going to dress him up. Cause he's, he's a, he's a hunk. He's a what? Sorry, I couldn't hear you. He's a real hunk. Oh, he's a real hunk. Yes. That's hilarious. No, that's my cousin who, who's the stripper, not, not my uncle. Oh, okay, cool. Sorry that the chat room was inquiring. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be, um, a lucrative offer I'm, I'm being given there, but I'm not going to be stripping. That's something that's not in my future. I'll do it. You do it? You actually, you'll actually strip? I sure would. You would, really? And then, I, yeah, I'll put a mask on. With some blonde hair. <laughs> can can you do that, by the way? Huh? Can 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 a stripper actually do that, by the way, if if they don't want to be revealed? They can. Really, I didn't even know that. There's a thrill you don't know who's under the mask. Yeah, I mean, I just didn't think girls were doing that nowadays, but perhaps they are. Well, I own plans. I could have my own thing. Well, if you know, if you get a little bored of your job, you know what to do now. You could, you could even stream it online. There's all these, oh. yeah, there's all these cam websites with women that are just openly naked there doing all sorts of unforsaken <laughs> things. <laughs> you know, you can make lots of money doing that for sure. So, I surely can. So never, you know, don't, don't ever let that thought get out of your head because it, it is, it is there, you know, that is one big option you got. I know I'll make a lot of money doing that too. You would because there's lots of freaks out there. I have moves, baby. I have moves. <laughs> there you go. I, I'm glad you're very confident in, in this. I also respect that. I respect that you're very open in this subject. And, uh, thank you for having me on your real show. Yeah, it's been fun. Good time yeah. talking to you. Where exactly is Sherry, by the way? She's out like in the on the other side. Ah, she's on the other side. Have you ever met her daughter? I've heard about her. I've heard good things about her. She used to call in all the time and had some hysterical stories, and now she's gone. Oh. Yeah, it's very sad. She doesn't call in to share any great stories. It's a bit of a bummer. Yes. Well, like, how long will you be on air? I'm going to be on air for quite some time. I have two different guests to uh, speak to tonight here. Okay, well, then, because I'm going to go back. Yeah, do your thing. And I'll talk to you again. For sure. Well, thank you so much for calling. I, I totally appreciate your call. It was fantastic. Okay, thank you. All right, take care. God bless. Right, don't, get your plug, doll. don't forget your real good. Don't forget to get your blow-up doll. Now. That's right. I got to get my blow-up doll. Okay, bye. Get my freak on. All right, take care. <laughs> and there she goes. Wasn't that fun, folks? See, we were all having fun. We were all laughing. It was a good time. So here we are. This is a show about the strange and the unusual. Buy the ticket, take the ride. Anything I deem interesting will be discussed. And yes, this is a live call-in show. That means I need you greatly. Hopefully you are entertaining. If not, I'll kick your ass off the show. No doubt. So I'm looking at the time here and it seems like it is that glorious time where we bring on the first guest. 
Let's see what they are up to here, folks. Bear with me. All right, here we go. I think I might have found them. Janet, are you there? And it's Sasha here. Oh, what's going on? I'm getting my mic down here. Isn't this the time Dave was supposed to be on? Yeah, this is it. This is it. That's what we thought. <laughs> you made it. We made it. And and uh, we didn't get it wrong. We no. By the way, Janet, you sound a little low there. Okay, I'll speak up. Um, let me raise my mic up. Uh, Sasha, you talk while I'm... Was born seven years ago. Speak up, honey. Our fathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the prophecy. Here we go. Okay, how's he sound? A little bit better there. I just don't want to drown you both okay. out, that's all. Yeah, and uh, how's this? I, I put my mic all the way up. Okay, perfect. So I do want to thank both of you for being here tonight, and of course it was fantastic to meet both of you at AlienCon. Yeah, that was amazing. It was great to see you, and it was such an amazing event, and they're having another one in Dallas in May. Really? In May? Yeah, so I can get dates. Um, it's the last weekend in May. I have to go get my date. But, uh, by the way, did you both enjoy your experience at the conference there? Well, it was very interesting. <laughs> they had do uh, tell, the do tell. Too small. The room was too small for us because they were turning away hundreds of people, and so mm, they yeah. went over and they complained uh, to the boss and um, of the whole conference, and some of them demanded their money back. So he called us, <laughs> and he said. Please come and do another show the next, another panel the next day. So he gave us a room that was huge, that um, fit about a thousand people. That was on Sunday. On Sunday, but it was the last, mm -hmm. last day, last spot. You know, everybody starts going home on Sunday. That they do. So, you know, but it was um, really good. So now they have us coming back in May, and we're going to Dallas. I've never been to Dallas, and. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think they just started getting the site up. I saw something. I haven't had a chance to look at it. But how, were, how was your experience? I loved it. I had a ball. I actually got to sign. Yeah. A, yeah, I actually got to sign a few autographs, which was very random. <laughs> not used to that. Well, that's lovely. Not used to that. No, not at all. About end days radio. It was a great time, though, meeting both of you, and of course. I was curious, when you both were doing the panel on Sunday, it, it seemed like um, during the whole Q&A uh, there, it kind of seemed like you were met with, with quite a few passionate people there. Yeah, it was amazing. They were coming up and asking all these questions. They really want to know more about the Anunnaki. People are hungry for information on the Anunnaki. And so... We're hoping that this next venue will allow us to do a PowerPoint presentation because it's so visual. We have this incredible presentation that Dr. Lesson's been composing. And, well, he, he writes every day. You can talk for yourself. You write every day. Tell him about your what you do. Yeah, write go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yes, write every day. Well, what do you write, honey? Uh, I write for several different uh, markets, I guess you would call it. I, I write for um, the um, – Extraterrestrials, uh, contact market, the Anunnaki market, uh, the Tantra market, and the polyamory market. Very nice. So, yes. Right. So, mm -hmm. every day, every day he's writing an article on something. And right now, you're working on a book. What's your book called? It's called Marduk. Uh, Marduk, King yes. Of, yes, we're going to. And I have one on Nimup that's about half done, but I'm. In it, right now, <clears throat> excuse me, let me get something to drink. I'm working on uh, a book on experiencers because I'm also an experiencer. Yes, and I, and I definitely want to get into that, but go ahead, sorry. Anyway, the first book is Conscious Contactees. So I'm doing a whole series and I will have like um, experiencers that have had experiences with greys. I'll focus on the grey stories. Uh, the uh, Contact with Anunnaki's will be another book. Uh, the, like the super soldiers, black projects, uh, breakaway, you know, space program, space program, that'll be another one. So I'm, I'm soliciting articles. So I'll put what I'm writing in my research, but I'm soliciting from articles from people that have had those, had all the wide variety of experiences, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, uh, 
mantis and the reptilians. And so I want to get this out there far and wide because I think it's definitely time. It's oh, yeah. time to have our own disclosure. I think so, too. And not wait for anybody else. It's not going to happen. And it'll be a controlled uh, disclosure anyway. They're only going to put that out the way they want it. Speaking of yeah, uh, just like marijuana. Oh, they'll, yes. They'll let marijuana, but they'll they'll tax it and limit it or whatever they do. They'll tax it. You know, I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up since it is legalized now out here in California. And I know both of you are in Maui, correct? Yes. Are, are the uh, laws only the medical? Mm-hmm, only medical is legal okay. there. Yes. Hmm. Only the medical. How? But you know that's gonna come soon. But Eventually. They, you know they get into these debates. In well, medical's the, easy. I went into my, to the, uh, the doctor. He said, "How's your back?" I said, "My back's fine." He said, "Wrong answer." I said, "Oh, I need <laughs> that." Oh, here's. <laughs> hey, of course it's it's completely easy to get. It only takes about fifteen minutes. <laughs> well, basically, if you're over a certain age, you know they don't question it too much because. You know, people that are older like us have lots of aches and pains. For sure. So, <laughs> you know, my, my only, my only big concern really is the older folks have, who have never tried it since they were younger, um, going back and getting into it because, you know, the, the pot nowadays is so, so much stronger than it ever was. And of course there's edibles and, and there's all these great things out there now. And I fear that. Perhaps some of the older generations out there will get back into it and perhaps get in their car and maybe cause an accident or two. Uh-oh, what's your theory on that, honey? <laughs> well, um, one of the cops I know, I said, oh, we, we love uh, people that uh, are in marijuana. They, they go 10 miles under the speed limit. What we're scared of is the drunk drivers. They kill cops. <laughs> Yeah. So, but, but uh, of course, any any kind of well, uh, any you, yes, you can't, you can't drive. You can't drive impaired. You're gonna hurt other people and hurt yourself. Yeah, we don't That's recommend just, it. You're yeah. you're not allowed to be in a car and talking yeah. going down a highway, but you could be at a party and drive later. Well, I, I rather don't recommend anybody yeah. driving in any kind of. Uh, I'll just say this. State of consciousness. I'll just say this though. I would rather be in a vehicle with a driver that's high than a driver that's drunk. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. Yes. yes yeah, definitely. because, um, we you know, the- yeah, let, let's be realistic here. Most people will perhaps, not perhaps, they'll eventually gain a tolerance, of course, and they'll be able to drive somewhat even better, some would, would say. That's another yeah, argument there. I remember there. my strug- struggle not to, I've got to not look up from the speed, I've got to not look at the speedometer. I'll get too interested in it and I'll forget where I'm driving, <laughs> where you're driving. Steer, steer, steer. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, most of the people we know here in Maui, of course, this is the world of Willie Nelson and um, all those well-known pot smokers of the world, um, and it's pretty common over here. It's a, it's a marijuana culture. <laughs> it always has been. Mm-hmm. And uh, not always smoke, but uh, you know, it's just, so the, the the Maui Maui hippy dippies over here. They know they know it all. They they've seen this uh, marijuana evolve and get stronger nah, over the years. So. That's true. They have a great tolerance over here. Now going but back, the tourists, oh, the tourists, yeah, tourists, maybe not. Yes, and, and going back to Alien Con really quickly here, were both of you in attendance for the Ancient Aliens dinner? No, no, we were not. Oh, you weren't there. Oh, uh, no, we didn't. We thought <laughs> we he was on he was on the uh, program as being a part of that. Okay, so you okay. Sasha was on the show when then. Got, well, when we got there, they said, no, you're not. It was a big confusion. Hmm. That's not so good. So we just went back to our tape and we talked to people. I it, see. It was, it's okay. It was their first one, and they had, a, uh, what was it, six, 7,000 people. And the first, I was amazed that it was, uh, you know, it came off as well as it did being the first one. Because usually the first one, there's always confusion. So they didn't know who we really were. They didn't know how popular the Anunnaki uh, subject is. And so they kind of underestimated things and they made, they wanted only the people that were the regular, uh, ongoing regulars on yes. the uh, H Alien show. And while Dr. Lesson was filmed, and I don't know, I don't have television and I haven't really watched it. I don't know what they use. They, they film tons of footage and they keep putting it in as it's, 
you know, relevant over the years. So I don't know if they've used any of it. I just don't know. I haven't ever uh, watched an episode that Sasha was in. But mm-hmm. he did. they did fly us over a couple of years ago. I think it was around Christmas time, right? It was in December. I forget what year. I get I get lost in time. There's so much going on. There's there's a ton of but things going on for sure. And you all know, the time. You know, I'm amazed, however, that the TV series has been going on since 2009. Mm-hmm. I, I can't believe it's still here and it's still going strong. Well, I hear a lot of people who are newbies to the field, and it's created a lot of awareness and opened up people's minds. And they'll say, "I saw that. I, I watched Agent Aliens." You know, so it's a good starter point for people, and it's uh, you know, lot lot of the mainstreamer people are finding this UFO field through Ancient Aliens. Yes, right, honey. I agree. <laughs> and you know, I like your end of days poster you made oh. for us. We're up there in the cosmos. Oh yes, the banner there. That's a great little banner. I like to, you know, hopefully I select a good photo of of the guest out there, and hopefully I don't pick anything that they won't like. It looks good. That's fun. You know, it's actually, that's actually was an issue for one guest who didn't end up appearing here. This one woman, I won't mention her name, but she took great offense to a photo I've used of her and she thought the show was too dark for her. I thought, wow, okay. Wow. Well, you know, that's one of the things I do is I usually, I don't always, but you know, I'd say about 95% of the time I, I'll put up whatever I'm going to have for promo, and I'll send it out to the guests, and I'll say, uh, you didn't provide any pictures for me, so I grabbed this from the internet. Is this okay? Hmm. <laughs> and one time I grabbed the wrong, it was the wrong person. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, you actually. I didn't have a picture of them. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I didn't I didn't know what they looked like. They said, well, and actually I'd gr- I grabbed about five or six, and they said, well, that one's me and that one's me and that one is not. <laughs> well, wow, that other person looks like you. Honest mistake, that's all. <laughs> yeah, that's all it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah so. it happens. And Janet, I, I, I did, like Janet, I did want to ask you, you did have a few paranormal experiences of your own, correct? I've had a lifetime of paranormal experiences. I have a first book I wrote, um, which has some of the episodes and I, have an outline which I've been working on it and I'm I'm going to get it done and take it to um, UFO Congress in February. So we're all going to be there. A bunch of us uh, that are on Aquarian Radio, that's our Aquarian Radio network. We're going to have three, four tables, four tables full. Of our, uh, each uh, person has a half table, and so we'll be there. We're shipping books. I've got Dance of the Souls, which is about my extraterrestrial paranormal contact. And I'm working on a new book on experiencers, and Sasha's working on more books. So we're hoping to have two more books, uh, although we've caught off the presses. If we Very get it nice. Format it here, I can get it to create space, and they'll drop ship it directly to the conference. So, so we're going to be at that one. We're not presenting, but UFO Congress. Have you ever been there? They, I, they get about three three thousand people. I haven't. Five I, days. No, I've heard it's of it. One of the uh, oldest. Yes. I only heard of it though. And it sounds, yeah, it sounds great. Mm-hmm. What about Dr. Sasha? Did you have any kind of paranormal experience at all? Oh, uh, no, did a lot of acid trips. Well, that could, <laughs> that could bring up a few paranormal experiences, but perhaps, um, an entirely different meaning though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sasha's an old, uh, old hippie. But go ahead, tell your life story. Yeah, let's hear it. Because, you know, you're talking about... You've worked with people. You're very open with psychedelics, I I suppose. Uh, I studied for many years with uh, Stanislav Groff. I'm in a special program with John Mack and uh, Stanislav uh, Groff. And uh, we uh, facilitated thousands of people with uh, holotropic breathwork and many uh, who are doing uh, journey work. And we know how to uh, do that. And I've been able to... uh, be there as a as a as an entheogen guide for many of the Hollywood stars. He can't name names. That's okay. But he did know Terrence McKenna. Terrence came over to the house a couple times. I interviewed his. And they went over. I interviewed his brother on the last show many moons ago. Mm-hmm. Great guy, oh, Dennis. Yeah, yeah, I like Dennis, and of course his brother, brilliant minds, and I always thought 
Um, I've always had a positive perspective on psychedelics. I always thought they could really cure a person. With, with uh, psychotherapy, uh, so that you use the uh, uh, trip to go inward, uh, it can do wonderful things. And in one session, when Stan was working at the uh, Bethesda, he had a three-day protocol, and people that had chronic uh, alcoholism or schizophrenic breaks, and he had he published everything in Psychology Today. He had the best uh, cure rates of anybody. It was just the most amazing. And in three sessions, you could do what would have taken years and years of psychotherapy with, that is, when a person's been properly prepared and has a chance to integrate their experience uh, afterwards. And, and we have techniques to do all those things. It's not just that you take this stuff and you're okay, but you take this stuff with the idea of exploring uh, what you need to resolve about your own personal uh, history in order to enjoy your life. I agree. Do you remember your and first... Oh, sorry, go ahead. And afterwards, what's important is that you, you, for the session, we teach you how to center yourself. And after the session, uh, you learn how to integrate the really vulnerable and instinctual parts of you that uh, may have come out that you're not used to dealing with uh, and how to center yourself and deal with the world again. It's, it's, so that it's, it's all in, in the kind of therapy that I've developed and folded in a system of centering yourself. And the more you can accept every part of yourself, the more you can allow the empathy that you have gained to extend to other people and feel your oneness with them. And you have no uh, need to be uh, destabilized by other people anymore. And it's a very, very powerful process. And, of course, I can do the same thing with hypnosis. It's like, but yes. this just makes it faster. It's not right for everybody, but for the right person in the right uh, circumstances. And that, that means with, uh, you know, Preparation and follow up and uh, and all that it could be very powerful. And as far as the uh, psilocybin condenses that uh, Terence was uh, so uh, big on, it's a lot of people have said this is a, an ET gift that uh, was given us so that we can uh, actually, when you do uh, particularly psilocybin, you have an opportunity to really deal with other dimensionals. You know, it's interesting that you say that because. I, I remember my first time eating psychedelic mushrooms. Do you remember your first trip? Um, I, I, yeah, I remember. Uh, let's see. Yeah, what really stands out for me more than anything else was was uh, peyote. Uh, if you concentrate peyote mm-hmm. and you keep getting getting the crystals of it, you eventually um, arrive at something called mescaline sulfate. And uh, <clears throat> so I took this. Uh, I had a shamanic journey with with uh, one of our head uh, trainers, and, uh, they, and as this, after the sun goes down, they're playing rattles and drums all around us. And then as the sun comes up, uh, we had two facilitators. Mine was this uh, a German fellow who was an athlete like me, and uh, he and I started running. This is all in the. Uh, uh, in Northern California by Nevada City, running and running and running and running for 12 hours. We're just running around. And my wife, uh, at the at time, the time. Uh, laid down in the meadow. And at the time. And she didn't move an inch. Yeah, it was my second wife. And she didn't move an inch. And snakes and, and, and deer and turkeys came up there. And so here's two different people who are both, both psychologists, both studied the same stuff, both took the same dosage. And one person was totally immobile. And the other person, me, was totally active. And this happened to me a whole bunch of times. With When I take the psychedelic, my energy goes way up. And not only do I vision stuff and uh, have interesting thoughts, but my body is just like uh, alive. I love it. Yeah, that's something that hallucinogens will definitely do to you. I remember taking psychedelic mushrooms, and I almost swore my my senses were just out the roof. I, mm-hmm. I just, I almost felt like I was clairvoyant at the time, truly. And I, I joke around saying that on the air every now and then, but I'm, I'm, I'm playing around. But when I, when I took that, I, that was in my head for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, well, a, it's amazing because usually we tune out. The, you know, we really can. Uh, we know what people are thinking. Well, everybody knows everything about everybody, but we pretend to ourselves that we don't. But. That's, it cleanses the doors of perception, as Hudson said, to, to use a, a theogen like that. Yes. And that's why they're called that. They changed your theology. By the way, you mentioned 
your wife, your other, your, your first wife there, or second wife, um, how did you meet Janet? I would love to know this story. I'll let Janet tell that story. Janet, I would love to hear well, this. Okay, I'll, I'll tell the story. Well, we're both on our third marriage. So um, I was married monogamously, marriage one and marriage two, and there was always uh, cheating going on, mainly from the male end. But even the second marriage, I uh, got so fed up, I ended up cheating. Oh, no. And so I stepped back and I go, what is that about? Because that's not my moral values. And uh, so I started researching this lifestyle called polyamory, and this was 19... 89, 90, I had a, a, an account at Pitt State University, and um, back then they had listservs. So there were all these people talking about polyamory, where they love more than one person in an intimate relationship. Yes. So I said, well, that must be it, because monogamy is not working for me, and I was, you know, in my 30s at the time. Uh, no, I had turned 40. I was in my early 40s. And so I came to... Oahu, and there was a polyamory group just forming. I literally saw the flyer going down at a New Age uh, conference, and I picked it up, and I went to the Unitarian Church, and I attended the meeting, and then I started organizing it. So I also discovered Tantra in those days. This is back in 93. I landed in Oahu in 93. So anyway, fast forward a few years, and my parents... My sister said, the folks are dying, especially mom, you better get here. Like, it was, she wasn't going to die the next day, but she was, you know, at the end of the phone road. So I was curious about, curious about the conference. So I said, well, I'm going to go to this polyamory conference and I'm going to go meet this Tantra teacher because I was, I was curious about both those things. I was going through, you know, I spent most of my life being very conservative. I was actually Republican when I was <laughs> younger and, and so, there comes a point in our lives that we often rebel against who we were. So I was rebelling against myself because none of it was working. I had, you know, two divorces. So I flew uh, to the conference, and there was the teacher, Dr. Sasha Lesson. And I sat right opposite of him, and uh, we fell in love. We basically fell in love at this conference. It was love at first sight. <laughs> it really was. It was definitely soulmates. I had a, a subconscious list of the qualities and characteristics of uh, what I was looking for, and there he was, like this perfect soulmate twin flame. Knight in charming so armor. We hung out at that conference, and then we went to a second conference over near where the folks live in Pennsylvania. There was one in upstate New York, so I went to that one. And I came home, and I, I was actually living with a with an alcoholic, <laughs> and, I, and he and I knew we were never going to. Married. We oh no! You were together. you were attached with an alcoholic. I did that, but you know, but I I said I'm leaving, and he said I'm never going to marry you. I want you to leave. I want you to go where your heart is. You know, he he was. I went with his blessing. So then I moved over, and that was in 20 years. This is 20 yeah, 1997. Well, I'm, I'm year. glad you got out of that. By the way, it's um never good. It's quite toxic. By the way. I learned that one the, the hard way. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, it, you know, at least I escaped it. Some people never do. You know, I have many uncles, and one of them is an alcoholic, and I saw what happened to him in his relationship with someone over a couple years. So I kind of know Pretty. what eventually happens. Yeah. So I, I, I knew I was going to end up a statistic because we would have these violent fights. and you know, Oh, so. no. It got it to is. that point? Yeah. Oh, he, well, no. he went into alcoholic psychosis. Oh, wow. And he didn't know who he was, you know, the blackouts. Yeah, he was and deep. Yeah, he went deep in there. Violent. Mm-hmm. He's, he's now deceased. He, he died of this alcoholism. Oh, that's um, terrible. And I saw it. I saw the vision of him dying. That was one of the things that, that kept me there. I said, if I leave, he'll die. But there came a point where I had to value my life over his. Because if I stayed, I would have died. So I got out of there eventually. You have to love yourself. That was one of the big things. And so I ended up with my, I married my shrink. Dr. Lesson is a um, psychotherapist. And we went deep into what was going on with me, that I would permit such an abusive relationship. Sometimes so that happens, yeah. we started doing therapy. Uh, at least once a week, we would go into it deeply. And I would say, okay, I've got this episode I remember 
where, you know, there was a gray in my room and da da da, da and said we'd do hypnosis. And we'd uncover all these different aspects of my story that I had been repressing because it wasn't safe to even talk about alien abductions. <laughs> so I would just uh, suppress everything my entire life. But I'm a contactee going back to the crib, and I will be, uh, I'm writing it as uh, you know, we speak. I was writing it earlier today. And when I sit down and write, it's not channeling. I, uh, when I type and my mind connects with the keyboards and I just start writing, I start remembering all these details. And I think it's because I've done years of, of hypnotherapy. So I go into this kind of self-hypnotic state and then opens up just like a, like an acid trip or like mushrooms. It just opens up the, the channels to your, sure. your subconscious and your subconscious. And I'm remembering more and more details of what happened that I had suppressed all my life. So Jen, I, I'm amazed. I write it. Yes. And say, wow. Look at mm-hmm. Janet, do you remember the first time you were abducted? Well, basically I came in conscious. And so I've always been in, in, in contact with extraterrestrials. Oh, and they were my friends. So they were, they were in my room when I was young. Oh, I was part of their tribe when I was 18 months. They came and said, uh, okay, you've got to go into being this human being. You can't be so connected to us because you have a life you have to live. And I was driving my mother crazy because I was talking, um, in it, you know, way in advance of what I, you know, the ways I should have been talking as an infant. I was, I had a huge, you know, language library and was speaking and she was going crazy because it, it didn't compute. I was supposed to be a baby. So we tuned that down so my mother would stop being abusive. Um, cause she, she was very Christian and she thought that she had given both birth to the demon child, to, to Rosemary's baby, but that was way before Rosemary's baby. So <laughs> she, she didn't know how to cope, but I was home alone with her. So she acted out a lot of times when I was home alone with her. But anyway, um, so I made it through my childhood. <laughs> yes. But the whole time, you know, I, I was always aware of these entities that were you know, they said, we're here for you, we're watching out for you. I was aware of the polarity of the, the light force and the dark force, that we have this ongoing battle here on the earth frame, you know, between these the polarities. And um, so I was aware of the, the light force. So uh, over time, I became aware of who I was working with. I'm working with um, the Anunnaki for the most part. Uh, the greys were there a lot. I had experiences with the mantis and the reptilians. Uh, the reptilians that I interacted with actually ended up being very positive. There is a faction of the reptilians. Any species has the capacity of being kind and loving and conscious. It's just like human beings, we have our Hitlers and our Buddhas and Jesuses. So that's true of any race, any species. Yes, I'm, so, I'm always... a. Uh... I'm always taken back by these experiments they tend to do on us. It's kind of remarkable, really. Well, what I got, and I've interviewed thousands of people work with a lot of experiencers, is um, there's a point if you, you know, go there, if you're brave enough to go there to recall why you ended up having these experiences in the first place. What was your contract you had with them? Most of them say, I agreed to do this. I really don't remember anybody that stayed in victim. And if you look at the research, um, Ray Hernandez and the and Free. Ray Hernandez, told, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, some of these people, they start out, it was negative, but the more you look into it, the more you reflect and perhaps do some regression therapy on it, uh, you'll go, wow, I agreed to do that. <laughs> and you'll get the meaning behind it. But there are my labs. So some people are having these horrendous experiences because of the – you know, the dark side of the horse, the my labs people are, you know, dark entities that are coming in. And so you have to be careful what you consume. So so you were a part of a, a breeding program, right, Janet? Um, I was not a gray, like children are not gray hybrids. They're Anunnaki. And I didn't carry them and give birth. They were, they basically take my DNA. Um, for some reason, I'm important. I, I kind of like, said to myself, I go, what, me? I'm important. I, genetically, I'm important. Um, I am Anunnaki bloodline, so they they um, had me in that breeding program. I think they take a lot of the children that they produce and, 
the whole cosmos is colonized. We're just in this little planet that's kind of quarantined, and we don't have the whole picture. But there's a lot of, uh, what I was told is that, you know, they use my DNA. And they don't have to use a host mother. That's uh, old, old technology. Um, we interviewed uh, John Tiger recently, and he was saying, talking about the cloning procedure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They can, yeah. They can combine whatever DNA they want. They can take uh, 20 parents, sets of parents, and just combine all the DNA, and they get exactly what they want, the characteristics and qualities of what they're seeking. It's just like they're all artists, and they're making designer people. <laughs> what do we want? We want to have enhanced uh, supervision. I have a friend, he's now deceased, but he was a super soldier, and he had super hearing. And I'd be talking to his wife on the phone, and he was way on the other side of the house, and he he knew everything she was saying. She said, that's, "I can't say anything." He knows everything I'm saying. Janet, super Janet, that's the <laughs> that's exactly how I feel when I ate psychedelic mushrooms for the first time. Mm. I could hear everything. I almost right. felt like I could bend a spoon with my mind. Almost, it was kind of in, you intense. Could have. It was intense. I'm telling you, too well, intense. A thought thoughts cause uh, particles. Say that again. Thoughts change waves to particles. Yeah, yeah. That's very true. So. Did you do yours facilitated or just kind of recreational? Oh, that was recreational. I had a friend who was deep into psychedelics. He was into dimethyltryptamine. He was into acid. He liked his LSD quite a bit, and he was always trying to push these things on me. And I told him, "Come on, man, that's that's a little too heavy for me, a little too much there." And my buddy, he was actually someone who really thought in his mind that he was in contact with, with UFOs and he would bring them down when he was on mushrooms. In his mind, that that's exactly what was going on. And um, according to another friend of mine that was with him one day, completely sober, um, something actually showed up in the sky one day. So that kind of made me think, maybe my friend isn't so crazy. Well, I've heard of that. I've heard, you know... They go out into the desert and they do the whole group. And That's where I'm at, out here in the yes. desert, yeah. Yeah, and they'll, they'll call them down. Stephen Greer could learn a lot from people that take pigeons and call them down. Uh-huh. I've never been to one of those, you know, trips in the desert, but I've heard the stories and, uh. You might need to. I think they're on something. Yeah, maybe I'll do that before. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I've never done mushrooms, although I've, I've sat for people who have. I've, I don't do mushrooms because I am allergic to mushrooms, and I didn't want to have, you know, that kind of experience. Yes, you. Basically, Although I've had eight yeah. near-death experiences. Oh but my! I didn't want to do that to keep it with me. You had but eight. That was other thing. You had yes. eight, Janet. Wow, that's that's a number. Yeah, it is. Well, that's because I had a crazy mother. <laughs> oh no! And and she didn't like till they kept coming back. Anyway, that's part of my book, but I, I don't know if I'll go into that in the first. That's, I, I do explore that. A that's bit. pretty heavy stuff there, Janet. Yeah, hey, are we on the air? Oh, yeah. We're, we're on, on the air. air. Oh, my God. We got to watch what we're saying, rapping. Sasha. <laughs> no, we're here live on the air. <laughs> what did we say? Oh, no. Let's hit the let's hit the delete button. No one's supposed to hear this. <laughs> oh, no. We are in trouble oh, now. No. <laughs> oh no! But one of the ways that you can open the portals to extraterrestrials, we discovered, is tantra. So that's we started pulling in the extraterrestrials um, tantrically, which it opens the stargate. So when you're doing it, the agents, or you're having a near-death experience, or you're you're doing tantra, or you know, what are the other ways? Meditation. Um, whole trip of breath work, whatever, wherever you're getting into an altered state of consciousness, you can open up hailing frequencies and invite the extraterrestrials to talk to you. When you have someone that's very psychic and sensitive, like your friend and myself, and yes. psychic, naturally, I have to tone it down. I, I don't want to read your mind, and I don't want to know what's going to happen to you, but that happens anyway. And um, So that's what we discovered. We started calling in all these different extraterrestrials and so that really uh, we started having contact with Nima and Enki and a couple of the, of the Anunnaki so yes and doctor can you tell us a little bit about your studies with Zachariah Sitchin oh sure um, well it started before long before I met uh, uh, Sitchin I 
I always thought it was a peculiar the the, the story in the Bible about these animals that got on this boat to, when the flood was coming. And I wonder are they all within five miles of the boat? Or how did the lions get along with the zebras and, and stuff like that? And, right. You know, I forgot about. It. I went to uh, got a PhD in anthropology at UCLA, and there were several uh, anomalies at UCLA, and a lot of them having to do with the flood. But some of them were uh, uh, anthropology was not able to uh, sustain the uh, theory of evolution by slow accreditation. Uh, when you study the actual fossil record, you see there's, there's this suddenly everything changes, and it's, it's perfectly obvious that we did not evolve from simpler uh, hominoids here on the planet because there was no missing link after 140 years there never was any uh, and there was Indians way down in the south Sierra Tierra del Fuego south of South America way before uh, people were supposed to have come across the uh, frozen Bering Straits and all this stuff anthropology didn't make any sense and then I uh, when I studied Zachariah Sitchin I got the real story of the flood and what was happening and uh, and the started out by Janet, put a book uh, 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 where I could find it on uh, Sitchin's work, and I was fascinated. And then my friends who ran the Prophets Conferences uh, always brought Janet and I along. We ran the uh, uh, speakers' room where people, the speakers got to talk to each other and stuff. And so they said, you know, we're doing a, a, a two-week uh, starting out uh, training with, with Zachariah Sitchin. I just read all his books that uh, Janet had turned me on to. And uh, so we started with the very first training program and followed him all over the United States. And uh, finally he said to me, you know, you know, would you write for the general public uh, an understandable uh, account of the Anunnaki here on Earth? Um, and so I've been writing stuff, uh, teaching college students. So you have to be really, uh, you have to pretend that you're talking to intelligent 12-year-olds who don't understand anything. And it's a whole, whole way of uh writing for uh, people that Sitchin like that I, that I do. And so I've been summarizing his works in easily readable uh, form and I uh, use a lot of slides. And, uh, so that's that's how we, we started out with Sitchin stuff, but we've expanded. What we found is that the Anunnaki, these great big uh, uh, tall people from planet Nibiru who came here 450,000 years ago to get gold, uh, were, uh, they wrote their own version of history and they left out a bunch of stuff because they're just trying to say their point of perspective. And then Sitchin uh, only wanted to deal with the Anunnaki and not the other extraterrestrial races that have been here on Earth. And we, we know from the Wall of Pumapuku where there's all these different, uh, there's greys and coneheads. And uh, we know from the Easter Island uh, samples that there, is, there, are, there are many, 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 now that we've decoded the genome, we actually know there are many different types of extraterrestrials that have uh, mixed with Homo sapiens, not just the original Homo erectus, which was a, uh, the ancestor of Bigfoot, uh, whose genes were used to adapt the uh, Nibirian genome to Earth, but uh, lots of other uh, extraterrestrials too. And so um, uh, we've become much more comprehensive. Of course, the Anunnaki never left, and uh, many were in contact with some actual Anunnaki to this day, and many of them have come out on our programs too. By the way, you mentioned Noah's Ark. What exactly yes. was Noah's Ark? Oh, yes. Uh, uh, what happened is that the, the uh, in one of the passes, uh, Nibiru was at that time coming through the intersolar system between Mars and uh, and Jupiter every 3,600 years. And the, they had, uh, the Anunnaki had a weather station down at Cape Arguelles uh, in the uh, south tip of Africa. And uh, they said, you know, the, all the ice on top of Antarctica is melting, and these giant icebergs are sliding toward the sea. And if one of these things hit, they're, they're huge. It's going to make waves that just come rushing up this uh, Persian Gulf and all over the world. It'll be, it'll be a terrible thing. And so the commander of the uh, expedition, a guy named Enlil, known in the Bible as Yahweh, said, well, listen, don't tell the earthlings. Uh, they were just supposed to be slaves or an illegal species anyway. I want them all to drown, and, and uh, don't anyone tell them that we're going to get off planet because uh, they'll mob the spaceport and we won't get out. And besides that, they, I want them all to die. Well, Enki, the guy who designed us uh, with, with his sister and his uh, son, uh, didn't want that to happen. But one of the guys that came, uh, Anu, the Nibirian uh, uh, king, had sent these ships to go get the whatever gold was left on Earth and get out. Take everybody out who wanted to go. One of these ships had a guy named Alzu on it. 
who said, I am a plenipotentiary of uh, king, here's my credentials, and uh, started giving everybody orders and told the elitists, you can't really go back to the bureau, aging too fast, you die, you're going to earth too long. And then he slipped a computer program to Enki uh, how to make a submersible, and Enki put this in, in NOAA, which is really the Sea Sutra's wall computer. Uh, he was the, uh, NOAA uh, was an actual son of Enki. Enki had a, a son, Noah, with his uh, uh, foreman's wife, his name Atanas. Anyway, so he, he was, uh, uh, Noah became the king of Sharupek. And so he's building the plans uh, were given to his computer, and Enki made this big deal. I'm not telling you how to do anything, uh, Zia Sutra. This is, uh, I'm just talking to your wall here through this little thing, this device I'm putting here. And uh, show them how to make this uh, four-story boat uh, using Aichiumen to uh, seal it up and so forth. And then Enki uh, sent his son, uh, Ninagal, to pilot the thing. And so uh, when the commander came over and said, hey, how come you guys are building a boat? And uh, Noah said, well, we're just building this boat. We're going to sail down to Africa, where, uh, to Anki's place. And uh, so uh, Yahweh says, oh, good, let them all die with Anki. He thought that was groovy. Anyway, so uh, what happened is, is the boat was successful. They got off. 120 days, Ninigal took them to uh, Mount Ararat, where the boat landed. And uh, so uh, the... Commander comes down and he sees there's Enki and his son Ninigal with Noah and their family and having a big feast and a party and stuff. He brings his world bird, his helicopter down. He's, I'm going to kill you for treason. And, but uh, his, the commander's son's there and his sister's there. He's, no, no, wait, dad. And, and finally Enki said, well, look, I, I, I got to confess. This isn't just an ordinary earthling. This is my son. I love him. I can't kill. And so everybody talked uh, the commander and said, look, let's rule the earthlings. We're going to need to repopulate this place. Uh, through the sons of Noah, uh, Ham, uh, Japheth, and uh, uh, Shem, and uh, and we'll just be gods in a temple and let them take care of us. And uh, and so uh, the story about the genetic starts is, yeah, he, he, they had the starts and the farm animals they'd need, but what they did is they had buried the uh, genetic starts for all kinds of other uh, plants and animals uh, in a, a bank under uh, in Turkey, in Haran. And Toth, uh, the son, had also, or Nigashita, had buried uh, the emerald tablets of, of the wisdom there. So uh, that's where, that's why there was starts for all the, all kinds of, uh, not just the plants of earth, but the plants that they had developed on Nibiru and the animals that they had developed the starts to, uh, to make it go. It wasn't that they got everything on the boat. So finally, I went full circle and the story all made sense. Now, you do have an interesting take on Bigfoot. I know it's kind of random here, but... What exactly is your opinion on Bigfoot? Uh, uh, Bigfoot is the descendant of Homo erectus. He's all over uh, 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 the planet. Uh, he, there's, there's different sizes, different shapes, different uh, weights, but they're the same uh, intelligent uh, creature, communicates uh, mostly telepathically. Uh, they, they breed with humans. Uh, Zena is a very famous case in uh, Russia where she's been uh, she was captured as a teenager and kept as a slave by the Russians and in this small village, and they, uh, they had uh, they, they used her sexually. Yes. She had eight babies for which, uh, whom survived. Uh, and the others died because she was bathing them in the freezing water as part of their custom. But they, were, but they bred, and their kitten before that they saved bread. Uh, there was another one that Lloyd Pye had that. Uh, uh, the guy had shot one of these, a teenager, and was bringing it around in oil to show everybody. And there's been so many documentations of, of, of Bigfoot. And But the most interesting was this one guy was camping, and uh, suddenly he's picked up and he's wrapped up in his tent, and they had kidnapped him, and they wanted him for the, uh, for their family and kept him prisoner. He finally escaped. The, the evidence just starts compiling that there's an intelligent being that probably interdimensional uh, that can go can uh, be manifest. Not all of them are interdimensional, but they basically they can go so fast. Their feet are flat and big. They they walk in the areas that we just fly over in Canada and uh, Siberia and so forth. But but they're here. And uh, Joanne Richards reports that uh, they're often hired uh, by uh, tra- uh, by space people as uh, security. You mentioned, uh, take on yeah, you mentioned Pi quite a bit here. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, basically, Lloyd Pi was able to put down the, uh, the theory of Darwinian evolution and show that our, that, that Earth has been seeded successively 
uh, uh, so that it would sustain more and more complex forms of life, just like everything is developing in terms of uh, species suffering, which leads us to technological uh, advances, which is leading us to a singularity of uh, all, you know, as intelligence, artificial intelligence that is way beyond all of our combined intelligence and even our machines at this time. But you can see that it's all going to a place goaded by the suffering that we have here and the wars and the terrible competition, all the junk stuff, which is somehow going to lead us to create uh, or to um, access a consciousness that's big enough to uh, uh, make things work in a more uh, peaceful and you know, better way, salubrious way. And I see that you also mentioned Michael Cremo, who has been on the program. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I like Michael quite a bit. Um, what value does Cremo bring to your work? Oh, he's he's he, he way uh, tremendous value because he's great. Anunnaki only got here four hundred fifty thousand years ago, but Michael has shown beyond a shadow of a doubt that there's human st- uh, uh, skeletons from sixty thousand and even uh, uh, six hundred million. Not really, million years ago, these are big people, 15, 20 foot people with uh, bows and arrows and pottery and association, which are signs of very high civilization. And then when we get uh, lots of reports from people in Agartha, Inner Earth, and, uh, and other space travelers, we, we know that Earth has been settled a number of times, had uh, various catastrophes and wars, which drove a lot of the people underground to the, the cities of Inner Earth. And, uh, and the Maya basically left and are skyfaring people, uh, for the most part, rescuing people from corporate slave bases and stuff. So we, we have a tremendous amount of evidence that Michael has brought to the table of many, many civilizations and tales uh, that, that just come as, as distant legends like Atlantis and, and stuff like that are, are based on the memories of people who have passed down. No doubt, no doubt. Now, thinking about, once again, consciousness just a, a bit here, I always felt that we do have some sort of strange extraterrestrial conscious ability. Do you feel that way too? This is going back uh, all the way to psychedelics again. Uh, certainly, yes. I think what, what happens is that we, we are, uh, we're really a, a layered consciousness that right, we have it within us. It's a holographic universe and there's a fractal uh, or a resonance of every, every being and thing there is in the universe in each of us and we're in each and every a particle of the universe as well. And so that we, we uh, are simultaneously living on several planets at, at several, at a pat, what we would call past and future times. Uh, and, uh, and we're, we're part of larger and larger oversouls. And ultimately we are all a part of the creator of all, which is an intelligence so vast that it's almost like we are part of a computer game and we're just, it's, uh, it's avatars, and it's trying to solve some problem, which is this extreme of greed and competition and suffering. Uh, uh, when it's brought to the max, does it ever lead to a uh, transcendence or, or not? It's almost like uh, uh, this, this super consciousness that's beyond what we can uh, grasp is playing some kind of game to find out the answer to some kind of computer problem. Yes. Now, going back to Janet here, um, when you receive okay. these, yeah, when you receive these downloads, how exactly do you feel inside? Oh, I, I get them all the time. I feel as if I'm on an acid trip. It's really amazing. I, um, they'll come at night. Uh, they always leave like a screen memory. Uh, they're trying to keep me in that state with them where I'm uh, either on other planets or I'm on a spaceship. And what happens when you become aware of taking your astral self, when you become aware and you get frightened, you pop back in your body. Yes. So over the years, I've 